The Metaphysical Connection is brought to you by our sponsors, the Trinity Whip Company, handcrafted whips by Blake Brunning. Incredible form as well as function. TrinityWhipCo.com. We are also brought to you by Chester Cordite, modern vintage menswear inspired by the golden age of the 1930s and 40s. ChesterCordite.com. Landron Artifacts is the place to go for your amazing wall reliefs that were inspired by set designs for motion pictures such as Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Aliens, and of course, the originals created by the Aztecs, Mayans, and Olmecs. Add ancient mystery and intrigue with his products by going to LandronArtifacts.com. Don't forget the friends of our show, Recreating History and Penman Hats. You can find out more about our sponsors and the Metaphysical Connection by going to our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com, or join our group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Metaphysical Connection. This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Metaphysical Connection, episode 65, Synchronicity and the Mandela Effect. I'm your host, Eric Runderking Fisk. In the first half of the show, we welcome back Jim Loretta and chat about what he's been up to and all the perils and tribulations that have kept him away from the microphone. Then after the break, Walt Schnabel and I talk about the concept of synchronicity, specific events that are meaningful coincidences. Then Walt and I talk about the Mandela Effect, a phenomenon where people insist that they remember history happening differently, and what might cause that. To check out some of the articles and documents that we talk about, be sure to go to the show's homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com slash mc-065-synchronicity.html. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So you've got plenty of time to get an update on the world of paranormal. Do we want to tell everybody what's what, what Jim's been up to or... Right. Uh, Jim Jim sold his house and moved into a new house, and uh, baby was born Sunday, and I have another grandson, and I built a greenhouse and got tangled up with the uh, code code enforcement office. It's a long story, but like I've, I've been dragging myself through broken glass for about three months, but I'm I'm coming I'm emerging now. You've, you've you've emerged from the labyrinth. Yes, from the labyrinth. The right. return of Lord Jim. Not unscathed, but <laughs> a better man for it. Well, that's, that's you know that's yeah. the way it goes. Yeah. yeah, and the idea that you had to tangle with local, local authorities, you know, local government, which uh, they really broke my balls badly. Well, the thing is, is got, the, got the sledgehammer out and said, "Put him on the table." Huh? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I just, I just had to go around uh, yesterday morning because I'm building a deck. Uh, I'm not going to bore you with the story, but the guy was nasty. Yeah, I, I had to like sweet talk him to calm him down. It was wasn't a pleasant experience. Yeah, there's there's minor minor power brokers. I'm exactly. Yeah. With ma- minor power broker with unnecessarily major power over us. So. Yeah, that's the way that goes. Well, here's yeah. one thing that you have to realize: the government exists the to perpetuate the bureaucracy. It has very little to do with actual public right. service or doing anything for anybody. We, so we know that. Yes, we certainly know that. 
So I had to I had to get some forms yesterday for a long story, and I, I can't give you the full details now. But oh, trust me, I will in the future. Okay. Oh All boy! Right. But so, would you like me to start with some news articles? Well, no, I just wanted to I just wanted to finish this point first. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you <laughs> we're going to talk about it sometime. I thought you were done. Oh. All I can say is that, so I picked up the phone and I called up this one office and I says, I got to get these forms for this one thing. And they said, oh, well, you need to go to this building here. And then, and this woman gave me this uh, this address, which is, yeah, so I drove there. And it's one of these old Victorian houses that they've carved up into office buildings that's not on Main Street. It's off a, off a road that's off of a road of Main Street. And I go in looking and they said, no, they give this, they give the bat the wrong address all the time. What you want to do is you want to go to this address. Oh my God. <laughs> so <laughs> you actually went into another dimension, Eric. Yeah, right. So I went, so I went to this other building and I went to the top floor and, and uh, I said, hey, I need to get these forms for this thing. And they said, oh, you're in the wrong building. You need to go to the... <laughs> Wait, this sounds like education. <laughs> yeah, it does. So, it does. so I went all the way over to the third building, and of course, it's like they have armed guards and security and an X-ray machine and and those wands. And they said, okay, well, first, first, empty all of your pockets and put everything in this box, and then take off your belt and put it. And I said, hey, take me out for a dinner, or at least buy me a drink first. Right. They, well, at least they didn't have to um, search your anal cavity. Oh, I was getting to that part. Oh, well, I didn't get to that yet. <laughs> At least they didn't strap you into a chair and said, is it safe? <laughs> when you see the guy starting to put the, the rubber gloves on, that's, that's when you have to start to worry. <laughs> they already had the wor- I'm, t- I'm, t- I'm not joking. They already had the rubber gloves on. Right. Where, where, is, where is this? Where, where were you doing? It was, a, it was a federal building in Manchester, oh, New Hampshire. Okay. Oh, there you go. Crazy. Okay. Everything's crazy. So, <clears throat> they, they, so in this big, huge like spacious um uh lobby for this federal building they ha- they have these like this x-ray machines that you have to walk through and uh, of course it's like they have to go through every pocket and all of your bags and everything whatever you have and you know al-qaeda they blame al-qaeda i think they actually enjoy it though well it's like the building inspector they get their uh they get their little bit of fame out of or juice out of exactly it, you know? Out of the power. So um, it's time for Jim to return to the town of his birth. <laughs> A Jim Morrison reference, to be sure. Yes, of course. Why, who else to quote? Yes. It's funny. We, we've, we've been, um, I've been delving into uh, the show topic for this week, which is synchronicity. And we're going to talk about the Mandela effect. Yep. I guess you, I guess you got my email, Jim, about that. And I read it. <clears throat> and, uh, it's very apropos for me because I've had so many synchronous events in the past two or three months. It's just amazing. Absolutely well, that's amazing. a, that's a cluster then. Yeah, um, I had a cluster. So Definitely. maybe you can talk a little bit about that before um, you sign off. Okay. Um, but, you know, talking about Morrison, he, you know, he was definitely seeing into another dimension somehow. He he, mm-hmm. he was... Um, His inspiration absolutely did come from... Yeah, yep. yeah, it was, it was otherworldly. And, and that, I don't know whether that's due to the fact that he was so extremely intelligent or, you know, the mind-altering substances that he had... Had, or a combination or, of the or two. some the vast readings that he did he was he was a pure intellect and yeah. and he he saw into another world somehow and the, and the visions that he 
Uh, I mean, he was truly a shaman. That's what that's what shaman did. They well, his yeah. lyrics are transformative. To this day, when I listen to the lyrics, it just like transports me. I just get a I get a feeling from it. Yeah, absolutely. And and the music was a perfect. You know, he surrounded himself, and I, I think don't think that was a uh, a coincidence that he surrounded himself with particular mus- mus- musicians that would right, bring you right. to another level. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. It was just a perfect. I want to yeah. say a perfect storm, but it wasn't a storm. It Especially was a perfect, with what's going on right now. Yeah, that was yeah. the doors coming together was a, a synchronous event in itself. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? absolutely. Yeah. So I, I just thought I'd throw that out. So yeah, so what do you have sure. for us? You got some? I know you well, must have. Well, you a, guys probably are up on this, but uh, the 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 uh, mummified bodies in Peru, uh, three bodies with elongated skulls. Uh, the the jury's out. I haven't heard any more about it, but the, the archaeologists went there. Uh, these two sets of remains, uh, three actually. Were, were found in Peru. Spanish and Russian scientists uh, examined them and said that uh, they claim that they're the remains of an alien. It has uh, three fingers uh, with, with extra bones that we don't have. Um, one of them is obviously a female, and they're thinking uh, possibly reptilian because uh, they x-rayed it and they saw three eggs inside of the one so they they're assuming that that was the female um uh, they said that uh, the assessment that they did was superficial but it was obvious to them the two anthropologists from spain and russia that uh, the features of the mummies don't do not correspond to any ethnic group in this in this world so uh i haven't heard any more about it and of course the uh the people in charge are like uh, into denying and obfuscating and, you know, the same shit that they always do. But uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. It, 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 there was a video uh, of it. I think I sent it to you guys. It was pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah. This is uh, Gaia's been sort of covering, Gaia Networks has kind of been covering this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're actually near Nazca. Where the Nazca oh, okay. lines are, yes, okay. which, a, which is pretty interesting. There's a in lot itself. of things. There's a lot of things that have been happening in Peru lately. Right. A lot of discoveries. Right. Right. Um, Walter Bosley, uh, former guest of the Metaphysical Connection, has actually come out and he said that for whatever reason, this is for he, this. Is, he thinks it's a hoax. He thinks that there's something about this that just does not smell right. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it was just like I mean I'm not allowing Walter Bosley to to dictate what my what my opinion is because i've i've looked at it and i formed my own opinion but for some reason he he's he's convinced that that this is a fabrication and i'd like to get him back on and explain why but as far as as far as i'm concerned uh you know it's like the whole thing like wherever there's smoke there's fire and there's been a lot of things that have been happening in peru this is probably this is either um evidence of ancient aliens which i hope it is i hope it is but i don't want my hope to over overrule or override logic my logic yeah. and and the thing is that it was it was here's a question and i i think that this this might be a little controversial for for this group could it be possible that that a network like gaia i'm not saying it's gaia but i'm saying a network like gaia or some other sci-fi channel thing could be like fabricating this whole thing because it's a slow news month is there could that be a possibility i mean i don't know they're, they're 
you know, a network like Gaia is, you know, that, that's grown to be pretty, pretty impressive, I think, with the amount of people that view it and everything. Why would they put their reputation on the line just to fabricate something like that? I, I think they really believe it's right. it's legitimate. Uh, part, of, part of the skepticism is around the, one of the guys who's the kind of the point person on this. He's a Mexican journalist that's uh, been involved in some, some sketchy things in the past. So... The fact that his name is on this, to some degree, is is creating some of the skepticism. Right. Um, I'm not sure that that's even valid or not. But you know, they did do a DNA test, and the results are due very soon. Um, if they haven't come out already, I haven't seen no. it. Right. Um, but apparently, these these mummies were discovered. There's actually more than three. There's there's actually two different types. There's there's some larger ones, and then there's some smaller ones. Mm-hmm. And and they appear, appear to be different types of aliens, if in fact they are really a, yeah. alien remains. And they're covered in a white substance, which is, it looks almost like plaster of Paris. It does. So it makes them look kind of hokey or... or it did, yeah. yeah. Uh, but that's actually plant, uh, decayed plant vegetation, of, which, which indicates yeah. that they were buried um, in some kind of ceremonial way yes yeah um, and also the position that they're in indicates that too that's you notice a lot of mummies are buried in that position yes um with so, the, with the arms folded across yes, or in a yes. fetal position and they're in, yeah they're in kind of a fetal position yeah. and so i think the jury's out on it i i'm remaining open to it i you know I, on first glance they do look kind of like somebody made plaster casts of something sure but I think there's more there. I'm not saying that they are actually are aliens, or they could have been some kind of, you know, genetic mutations. That who knows? There's you know, there's a lot of different possibilities, I guess. But um, I don't know. Okay. You know. Well. So let's let's leave it open for up for grabs. I I want to, you know, as I as always, I want to believe. I'm that, I'm cautious and optimistic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have to be. You can't go full tort full bore and say oh yeah they're definitely aliens without more proof but, no you but couldn't let's let's yeah. wait and see what the jury says yeah, be, the, yeah the problem is they're they're in the possession of a private uh person who found them i guess he's the guy that found them in a cave sure <clears throat> so they're kind of open to his you know his yeah. discretion as yeah. to how much study that's done on stuff. So, i mean if they were mine i'd be having every scientist in the world looking at those suckers but that's the difference but, between you and other people. Well, yeah. It's, well, no, they should lend into the Smithsonian. They'll they'll figure it yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they'll find a they'll find a crate for them. Uh, yeah. yeah. What? A let what? Me, let me piggyback on that article. Did you guys get the uh, Alien Race book I forwarded to you? I did. That was yes. cool. That was quite cool. Okay. Well, uh, just for the you guys already know about it. For the listeners, uh, supposedly uh, this um, Ukrainian man was a diplomat. And uh, he had, you know, access to, uh, he had clearances within his government. And uh, this guy visited him along with the guy's son. And the old man asked them to clear out one of his rooms. And they had, they found 58 boxes full of old documents. And uh, among them was this book of alien races that uh, the Russians had, uh, the Russian intelligence services had. And basically, it talks about the types of ships, the types of alien races we interact with, uh, so forth and so on. I think it would behoove the listeners to just just Google 
the alien race book and just see what they think for themselves. But I found it to be pretty interesting. Maybe you can post that on the show page. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I I noticed one of the races was the Genesis race for the Anunnaki. Get your bell out. Get your bell out, Eric. I was waiting for that. Eric, did you ring a bell? You didn't ring a bell. Uh, He will. Uh, I I, I have this ancient cowbell that's sitting on the... (laughs) Okay. So I, so, so I, I, I mean, for me, um, I think that that the um, the rest of the world is ahead of the curve on the topic of um, alien encounters, and and everybody's sort of like saying, you know, the only thing that's holding us back from from disclosure is the is the Americans and maybe the British. Look, if you, you read Artie Six Killer Clark's books, I mean, I mean, she has no reason to like makeup stuff she has so many wonderful stories i mean i'm just you know i'm a believer i don't i don't need to introduce like one bit of skepticism i'm there you know to me it's like drinking a glass of water you know everybody wrangles and debates and i think they suppress a lot of shit or they put out this information i mean they got to so befuddled over the past 60 70 years that you don't know which end is up but i figure i just judge for myself there's so many things that have been uncovered and shelved there's so many things that have come out and uh there's no way of proving them but like if you put it all together i just i just get a a general sense that it's it's you know it's a very real thing we've been visited for who knows thousands of years and still are being visited as far as i'm concerned and uh, if you read her books there are alien races there are various races that interact with us so that's my take on it and have been for pro- have been probably for, thousands of yeah, years. Yeah, you know? thousands of years. And and I think have um, intervened in our in our yeah. DNA. You know, Absol- and, yeah. absolutely. I think and I think th- one of those races, um, whether it's the Anunnaki or a combination of the Anunnaki and some of the other yeah races that have been you know prevalent on the planet. Yeah. Um, had input into our DNA and are, are, are basically sort of our, our creators in some sense, or, or at least are, you know, maneuvered yeah. our DNA to the point where we are <clears throat> somewhat higher functioning. I put that in quotes, higher functioning beings. Yes. I, yes. Yeah, I can accept that. I can accept that. And, it, you know, going right along with that, is the, the other article I found on the, uh, I think I sent that to you too, the, the the human heads that they they found under the ice in Antarctica from satellite photography, which means that a long time ago, probably time of Atlant- that Atlantis sank, eleven thousand years, uh, Antarctica was ice free. So uh, the jury's out, but they've got the photo, they've got the satellite imagery. I mean, what you know, what what are these various sculpted heads doing uh, underneath the ice? There must have been a civilization there. Yeah, I mean, we actually have, how many shows have we done on Antarctica now and the mysteries laying underneath the ice? It's like it's like one of those things where it's like, um, okay, here's all the evidence. Here's everything that we've uncovered. And we may not be able to do all the evidence justice in, in the way that we discuss about it. And the thing is, is that there's just so much information out there that we're not able to put out in, in a two-hour show. Right. We right. invite yeah. everybody. You go. You go look. You do your own investigations. And it's like if you find something that you think is interesting in our alternate theory, we'd we'd love to hear it. But the but the notion is is that there's a lot of organizations that just seem to spend so much time debunking yes, everything. Right. 
and it was yep. it was just like um well, that's where they get their energy from from trying to diminish these you know that's that's where their juice is coming from yeah it's, they're like they're kind of like archons in a way you know they're they're mm-hmm. deriving energy from from that negativity yeah <clears throat> it makes me wonder it's like what's what's your, what's your motivation why do you have to how, how come you have to pee in everybody's cheerios and fruit well that's that's what they, where they get their juice from yeah you know there was a, there was an interesting I, I was listening to a guy uh his name's claude swanson and um he he's a really really interesting guy. He's he's he was M, he got his his BS from MIT in in physics, and he's got a doctorate from Princeton in quantum physics. Um, and and he he talked about hey you you were referencing the Native Americans before Jim. He he talked about the Hopi. He ran across a Hopi glyph, um, which is represents Western man, yep. um, and that the head and the body are separated. So, you know, so the metaphor there is that the, the body represents our immersion in, in physical things. Right. And the head represents wisdom. And for, for Western thought, the two things are, are disconnected. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, definitely. Um, and, and that is a perfect example of why we are where we are. Right. In terms of, um, you know, understanding how the universe works. And we, we're purely immersed in the physical Material cause and effect realm right. that we live in, and and totally dis or not totally disavow, but um, try to debunk anything that doesn't fit into that paradigm. Or if people have say. a certain narrative, and it right. has to somehow everything has to be. There are people here in, in this country who like everything has to be about the Bible. Everything has to yeah, be Bible wh- based. Whatever their particular agenda is, right? And and this guy Swanson, Claude Swanson, is saying that you know scientists, and he's a you know, he's a legitimate, uh, certified, credentialed scientist, quantum yeah. physicist, and he's saying that the science, the way scientists are trained, is all wrong. They're they're trained to follow a linear model, and not really trained to go off the off the sure, track sure. And, and be creative thinkers. And if you are, you're kind of squashed and put right. down by that community, so that you. You know, and he he said that Einstein was a pure thinker. He he went out of the box. Sure, and and he was he was very much um, initially he he you know he was kind of disavowed by the scientific community until they kind of saw that what he was saying was correct, right? Or or at least it it made sense mathematically or however they proved that kind of stuff. So that's that's you know part of the whole problem is that we're locked into a mindset into a you know I. When I was doing my my book tour for my book, I, I some guy showed up and and he was a he had written a book about science and yeah he he kept saying well science is the only way you can prove things, and I said well yeah in the physical world sure but you know there's other things above and beyond the physical world that impact things you know and he just would not accept that he 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 could not and he was trying to hawk his book I guess but you know I got into this kind of a philosophical discussion with him and I finally said look. Two of us are never going to agree. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, you have your line of thought, I have mine, so, you know. But there is, to you, but. There is something <clears throat> going on in the United States, and we've discussed this often enough, whereas there is this sort of like this crusade or jihad or evangelism, whereas um, I'm a blank, whatever that blank is. I'm a diesel punk. You you fill in the blank. Right. Out there in... in uh, podcast land so for me i have to convert everybody else to the church of diesel punk and that and other people are like well i am a 
Jim Morrison fan. And I have to convert everybody into Jim Morrison fans. They, I mean, it, it, as they should be, right? But I mean, <laughs> but do you not see that there there is this dynamic going on in in Western culture right now? Whereas, because I'm something, for me to be a good blank, I have to convert you as yeah. well, or I'm not a good blank. Well, it's tribal. It's you know, you have to be part of that tribe where you're you know you're on the outskirts. Yeah. Um, it's the same with religion. You know, if you're if you're born again or you're Catholic or whatever you are, unless you're part of that religion, you're you're not in the higher order. Sure. For my money, well, pure that, science that diminishes uh, has you thrown about. us out of balance. You know, they negate the, the intuitive side of man, and you know, the ethics goes out the window, morality goes out the window, and. Um, you know, discoveries that could lead us in wonderful directions are just uh, not accepted because pure science, I think, just holds us back and leads us astray. Well, on top of that, let's think about all the times when pure science was wrong. Like, how many times have scientists and, and the FDA say, this drug is good for you. You should take <laughs> this drug. And it turns out that no. This drug is not good. Oh well, you took this drug. Now we have to amputate your feet. <laughs> that's growing. That's growing sorry, out of your. Foot. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that wasn't listed as one of the side effects. Right. Yeah. These, foot amputation was right. not listed. <laughs> right. We 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 have to amputate the feet that are growing out of your forehead. You know. <laughs> well, that would be that would be okay, but your real feet would not yeah, so, be, before not so much. Before we leave uh, this this current thread a uh, news thread i want to say one last one last article to insert and walt will well i think will enjoy this uh i think this goes back to the babylonian clay tablets you know the sumerians the anunnaki they've discovered uh, a clay tablet uh, that has an ad advanced trigonometry that's better than what we're using today um uh, the, it's, the researchers suggest that the tablet may well have been used by ancient scribes to make calculations for building palaces and temples and canals, all the ancient structures. Um, they, uh, their math and their geometry that they used in, these trigonomet uh, in, in, in this tablet uh, is the most accurate trigono trigonometric table that they've ever seen. Um, I think that perhaps, and there's no way of knowing this, and I hate to even interject it, but like, where did they get this from? Did they come up with it themselves, or is this just like a remnant of of something that was much bigger in terms of knowledge and learning that's that's been lost to us? What one of two things is true, Jim? Either there was an advanced civilization, a human civilization that existed here on Earth that we have yet to understand or discover, or there were ancient aliens here who well, taught that, the that's, human that's beings. That's what I'm intimating. You know, if the Anunnaki was here, I mean, they certainly took the, the so-called top echelon of the humans that they, they, they engineered and gave them this knowledge. I mean, they, they were like, they, they, they built wondrous things in ancient times. We've talked about this on other shows that we, we can't reproduce today. Well, and, and that's their, you know, going back to Graham Hancock's, um, you know, it's that they left their mark, you know, yes, that's their did. mark. Um, and, and there must have been some 
thought about that that yeah. they had to leave or wanted to leave something behind as a as a sort of a, a guidepost yeah sure to, to what yeah. things can be and and whether their presence is still here and in, in terms of our dna and is yeah is is just kind of sleeping or whatever or maybe there's there's still some presence on earth their descendants may still be here you know in the in the shadows we don't we don't know for sure but yeah that's that's pl- almost irrefutable for me right that those things that were built those temples and all these places around the world that are so similar in structure and so advanced uh, mathematically and architecturally right is an indication that there was a higher level civilization here at some point you know keep everything keeps going back to that right um, and at some point that's got to be accepted by by the scientific community I mean we, you know? we how we, can you refute that Graham Hancock <clears throat> gave this analogy I may not be able to do this analogy properly but we look at all of these structures like the pyramids or um, um, Machu Picchu or whatever and we say that these primitive people that live here they built this we just don't know how they did it and Cram Hancock had said well just just imagine in the in the year 2020 there was an there was an epidemic and a plague in North America and it wiped out all North Americans and this area was uninhabitable for a couple of decades or a century or two and then primitive people from from South America migrated up north and just moved into our stadiums and our and our tall buildings the leftovers the leftovers that are left behind the library the you know the the all the libraries and stuff like and they just moved in there and they just lived there and then you had these other people who come over and they and they look at this and it's like if you were to say oh well these primitive people built all this stuff but they forgot how they did it would that make any sense no it makes no sense at all it's absurd is what it is so to 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 say that these didn't have some kind of a, a more advanced knowledge in, right in, input into them is is ridiculous it's just not yeah. there's no tenable argument for that they, they as just far as didn't I'm come from it just didn't <clears throat> come from nowhere i mean the the, the, the tablet dates back almost four thousand years it would probably came from knowledge that was way before then yeah and then and then they have the audacity to say that these civilizations weren't connected that they didn't have any uh, yeah inter- interaction i mean really and, and there's they so were. many and of course they were really and, the, and there are so look many at the stru- look at the way they're structured Look, and yeah. there's so many similarities in ancient art and stuff like that. Absolutely, yeah, and, and, totally. there, and, and the thing is, is that there's what's what's the theory of naturalism or something? What's what's the theory of like somehow it's like people are just going to progressively make these spontaneously um, come up with these ideas at sure. the same time. Yeah, sure, right. Like uh, like um, the collective unconscious or something like that is responsible for these people making these monuments yeah, that yeah. look so much alike. And and there, it's clearly there was a worldwide network at one time yeah, of this absolutely. that was used as um, you know I was listening to a guy say that when you go up on on one of these um, temple well, they call them temples I don't think they're necessarily temples but you you look down and it looks like um, you know a grid it looks it looks like a printed circuit board and we've yes. talked no, about okay, that before right. yeah we know? yeah we did an entire show so on the- you can't tell me that that stuff is not all connected and that there wasn't some kind of a worldwide energy system at some point oh i believe there was absolutely and atlantis was part of that and and new sure. and lemuria yeah all, all of those places you know so absolutely. Um, yep absolutely the culture behind the bata merita or or yeah. however you properly pronounce that yeah. 
all all of those things are all all connected. Um, Jim, I know you're you're a little short on time, but something I want to bring in before you leave. Um, this guy Claude Swanson that I, that I um, referenced before, um, he he talks about energy and um, he talks about qigong. Do you do you have any experience? I know you've delved into a lot of the martial arts. Do you have any experience with qigong or? Yeah, uh, yeah, I practice it regularly. Qigong is let's demystify it. It's just it translates as breath work. And some of these more spectacular things you see in videos uh, and so forth, uh, I'm, I'm a bit skeptical mm-hmm. uh, of them, really. Uh, he talked about a Qigong, there's, there's, Qigong there's master. Yeah, magical about it. It's breath work. He, he talked about a Qigong master that was able to um, knock somebody down without touching them. Nah, I mean, okay. Uh, I've seen that. I talked to my teacher about it, and he says bogus. Really? You know? Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. he, I mean, I wish I. It's been a few years now, but it, uh, I had more information about it. Uh, the, the, point, the point I'm getting to. <clears throat> the point I'm getting to is that apparently they've been they've identified a group in China, um, and this is this is kind of underground. Um, they're they're young people that have. Um, some kind of psychic ability, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And there's a there's a Qigong master who um, apparently is c- considered a national treasure because of his power. Um, so so this guy Claude Swanson is saying what he thinks these people are capable of doing is changing the frequency of of things um, by um, and, and he says that when 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 the frequency is changed. It tends to diffuse the the makeup of it so that it it can be almost a form of teleportation. Mm. Um, and and there was a story about Geronimo who used to be able to do that. Oh yeah, he could right. sort of appear and disappear. And mm-hmm. so I'm thinking that maybe it's the same kind of thing. And this is a this is a very evolved kind of. You know, this is not a, a commonplace type of thing. Well, but, if you but, take, a, a, <clears throat> what do they have, like a billion people out of a billion people, if you have one, I think that's quite possible. And what we're talking about here are cities. The Indians call them cities. They're, they're, they're powers, that, that uh, abilities that, that come uh, after a long meditation. Sometimes I think maybe it's your destiny. Maybe karmically, like certain people are born a little bit advanced from from previous mm-hmm. lives if you believe in reincarnation so yeah I do I think what you're speaking about is quite possible it's not widespread it's going to be like a handful yeah very know. small but yeah. anyway this guy there's a story about this guy that um, there was a there was a military um, general or something that knew of him and he, he's, yeah. he's known nationally in China this guy um, and and he was trying to figure out how he could weaponize this guy's ability or power, you know, <laughs> typically. <laughs> Typical, huh? So, so they put him in a cell. They, they didn't arrest him, really. They put him in a cell. His name is Zhang, was, was sitting in his house. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. They, so, so, so that's, that's kind of cool when you think about it. So, so maybe the stories we hear about, um, you know, time travel and, and those kinds of things or, or interdimension, are just interdimensional events where people can get into another dimension and, and create that kind of a situation. You know? Sure. Indian yogis uh, that, are, that are very advanced have the ability to bi-locate. I mean, that's, that's one of the cities. That's one of the powers yeah, yeah. That, that can be gained. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's valid. It's absolutely valid. 
So I, I just wanted to get your input on that because I know you've studied. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, I Chinese guess if you culture practice and- long enough for a lifetime, sure, it's certainly possible to de- develop a, a bit more than the average person. But the, the, that's really not the goal of qigong. Uh, it's health. You know, it's, right, it's, it's, right. it's oxygenating right. the body. Mm-hmm. And there are various qigongs that breathwork sets. I mean, there's so many of them, it's ridiculous. But there's, but maybe there's also levels of it too, you know, where you, yeah. Uh, where you can, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's like with, you know, you've, you've achieved a high level in karate and it's a different martial arts. Right. So, you know, and then there's other people who just get to a certain point, you know, and they, they don't have the discipline or whatever to stay with it. So, yeah. Who knows? You know, there's, there's I mean, a reason why certain... You can touch points and make people unconscious. You can drop them. But like, uh, you know, if they're standing still and you know what points to, to interact with, but in a combat situation, that's almost impossible. Yeah, to move a, move a person. That's why a lot of that stuff is. Um, I'm a little bit skeptical. Yeah, of it, but yeah. It, it, it certainly uh, could could have some validity. What you're saying, there could be like one or two people that are like advanced advanced enough. I know. Uh, Oh, one of the old Indian masters used to be able used to be able to like knock people out by projecting at them. So it's possible, certainly possible. Well, this this guy says that people somehow can um, certain people can concentrate their energy. And, yeah. And, um, yeah. You know, I trained it. with a uh, karate master uh, back in the eighties. Uh, he came over here and gave a class, and. Um, he would. He was able to project through his dantian, which is like just below the belly button. Uh, he would have uh, a person like punch him in the stomach, and at the moment that they punched, he would send a wave of energy right back through their arm. If actually he broke the wrist or fractured the wrist of one of the students demonstrating. Wow. Yeah. So. So you witnessed, and you witnessed that? Yeah, I, I was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm, that's impressive. I believe I I would believe Jim before anybody else. I would oh, think yeah, that it's I, like I, if Jim I, said he saw something. Yeah, that's pretty but, amazing. Uh, but you know, there are stuff. There's stuff like that. But yeah, so not would, many people train that way anymore. So was he redirecting the energy or? Yeah, um, yeah, he's using his, his he's using the energy he collects through breath work in this Dantian, and he's able to like expand his lower abdomen like a drum. And send a wave of energy, pul- a pulse back. Huh. So much, almost like, uh, you know, it's redirecting what's coming at him. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I was an interesting demonstration. Oh yeah, yeah I would say. Yeah. It was, a, it was interesting. And my own teacher in karate, he used to, he used to practice trying to like move a sheet of paper. He had, he, he was, you know, you stand, you, you fold it. And you stand it up, and there's no wind or anything, and you're in a room quiet. And he was able to achieve some some movement. He would practice that all the time. But mm-hmm. like that's very minor, you know. To be able to like hold your hand and knock someone down. My I asked my teacher about that because that, that was like uh, something that was well advertised. Like I forget when, 10, 15 years ago. And he said, Nah. He says that's. It's well, the, the lady that was interviewing this guy, Claude Swanson, Regina Meredith, she's got a show yeah. on Gaia. She, yeah. she claims that she experienced that. She, okay. she felt that, you know, so. Well, then you know what? Then quite possibly he, he has some advanced ability, but 
I wouldn't say that's widespread. It's probably yeah. I don't know. If, no, he, I, if you I, got I end up with so. one person, then sure, I could see where he'd be a national treasure. Mm-hmm. Ask, well, next time I see my teacher, I'll ask him about it. Yeah, the guy's name is Zhang, I think. Zhang. Yeah. Okay. Zhang. I have to yeah. check I'll on that, him. but I'm pretty sure yeah. that's what his name. So um, there, there's also one other kind of funny story. Um, I know you have to go, but this is this is kind of amusing. If you know, who knows what the validity of it is? But it, this guy was so famous in China that they actually gave him a sports car. There, wow. Guy, and and he would drive around, um, I guess it was Hong Kong or somewhere, like yeah. really fast. And um, the police would stop him and give him a ticket. And, and they eventually they stopped giving him tickets because they would get back to the police station and the ticket would be gone out of their, <laughs> the, the duplicate would be gone out of their books. So. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I thought that I, was pretty I, funny. I, yeah. that's, a, that's a trick we'd all like to yeah, learn. Yeah, we all like to get that one done. Yeah. Accomplished. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, hey, Jim, great to have you back, man. We missed you. We, thank, thank you, guys. We had a number right. of people, um, as I as I said in one of my emails, the the the, the throngs of people, listeners have been <laughs> clamoring for your return. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Before I go, I, I just want to interject. Uh, you're going to do serendipity today. And, right, uh, right. To me, in reading that brochure that you sent, it's, mm-hmm. it reminds me of Rupert Sheldrake. And his morphogenetic fields. Yes, basically he, he references, the the, he references yeah. him actually. Yeah, it was, it was <clears> the theory of the hundredth monkey, where the monkeys on on land learn how to clean, wash their fruit, you know, wash and, their and coconuts. The monkeys on an island that's se- totally separate, no interaction, right. learn the same skills. So he said that he believes that there's like a, a blueprint, a mindset that's out, you know, energetically. Uh, that, that that helps create things. Well, that's it's like why a, it's kind of like the matrix. One group of scientists yeah. come up with an invention. There's contention because other groups around the world come up with the same thing exactly. almost at the same yeah. time. But then yeah. you can also use that to s- explain why there are so many art artifacts that are found in South America and Africa and Asia that look so much alike, but they the civilizations were so far apart. That's that's what people. That's mm-hmm. that's a phenomenon that a lot of skeptics use mm-hmm. to disprove right. the fact that right. there was an actual it just discounts the connection. Sure, but it can't. Things. That yeah, that's possible. It can't be all that. You no. can't attribute it. There's all too to much. That. There's too much. No way. Yeah. Like if, no way. Hey, hey, Jim. Before you leave, do you have a synchronicity to share with us? I think Eric and I are both going to do our own. But oh man, I mean, there's been there have been so many. Uh, give us one. Guy, that, give us one that took you took you back and you, where you said, um, "Wow." That's something I have to pay attention to, I guess. Yeah, it's like, gee, there's been so many little things. It's hard to, it's there's there's been like a thread running through things. Like mm-hmm. the guy I bought the house from it was like for sale by owner. I used to drive by this house and always admired it. And I and, and searching after I sold my house and searching, I stumbled across it on the internet. So I I go to, I leave him a note. He calls me up to. Because the house was empty, he came to check his mail. He ends up being like an ex-marine. He's working at Lockheed Martin. Well, my my son-in-law is ex-marine, and he's trying to get into Lockheed Martin. So he gave him a reference. I mean, nothing's happened yet, but like there's there's just been lots of threads like that, like uh, running through my life in the past three months. I w- I, w- I, w- I wish I could remember more. There's been they're not like gigantic, but there's been a number of little things that just 
give me like an aha moment. Like, yeah, shit. and you have to pay attention to that. Yes, you do, and yes. I do. Did, did I you? Do, but did, they're like not overwhelming, you know. Yeah, a lot of times they're not. But did you look at the diagram that that um, the guy that did yes. that pamphlet, Aaron Marikami? Yes, he's I he's did. a yes, I really did. interesting guy. He's, um, but it shows how. Um, it really is is a visual of how those kinds of things work. So, you know, we have the conscious mind, which is, you know, you looking for the house. And then you have um, this other guy who's trying to sell the house. And, right, and right. your subconscious is your connection into the, um, you know, what, what Jung called the, um, you know, the, the it's, it's kind of like a, a vast pool yeah, of knowledge collective the collective unconscious yeah so in in some way your desire for the house to buy a house that house in particular and his desire to sell that house merged in the collective unconscious through your through both each of your individual subconsciouses and, yeah. and it that's where that came together so yeah. it really wasn't. I mean, I mean we manifested this. Like, exactly. We've been, exactly. We've been wanting to do this for like nine years. We kept putting our house up for sale and nothing was happening. Nothing. Well, a, a seemingly nothing was happening, but, you know, it happens in in another time that, you know, right. we want it to happen immediately, but it happens in its own time. But right. we manifested it. We put it out there. Absolutely. We kept putting it Absolutely. out there. And then when the time was ripe, it happened. So what you're saying is very true. And very And you. True. You you manifested it, and the other guy manifested it. Yes, he wanted to sell it. You both yes. had great desire. You had a great desire for some place to live. Yeah, and he had a great yeah. desire to sell his house, and that desire, that emotion, created that that connection. And, and, and I made him an offer, and we did the sale on a handshake. There was no realtor involved, and his his comment to me was, "This was the day I've been waiting for." Because yeah. he'd been waiting like three years. There you the go. House was empty to there try to go. sell it. Mm -hmm. There you go. So that's, and the that's house a is perfect yellow. case in point. My fav my my grandson's little he's 2 years old now. His favorite color is yellow. I mean there's what I'm there's just con tiny little connections mm -hmm. that keep threading through everything. You just have to pay attention to. They're them. like coincidences yeah. but they're not coincidences. Mm -hmm. No, no no, I don't believe in coincidence. Yeah. Well, anyway, Jim, we have kept you way way uh, over. I, this is wonderful. I enjoy I enjoy I enjoy this. I really glad, do. Thanks glad guys. You're, glad you're back in the back in the saddle. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, now I must leave for the void desert and commune with Morrison. <laughs> all right. Just, just make sure you're available two weeks from now. That's all. Okay. Crawl, all right. crawl your way out again. All right. All right. All right so we're, the next show is two weeks, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Great. Or, Wonderful. or in the event that anything extraordinary happens in the in the realm of the paranormal, you, I think you and I could do a, a news special if if Walt's not available next right. Thursday. All right. Okay. Well. Take care, guys. Thank you. Okay, Jim. Thanks. You bet, Jim. Talk All to right. you later. Bye. Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function, handcrafted by Blake Running. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page.
But what I did want to talk to you about was the new Stephen King movie that's Ooh, coming out. Coming out in a couple of days. In a couple of days. I think this Friday, maybe? I think you're right. Maybe. So, what, you know what I'm thinking? What? I, th- I, think you, I think we should go and see it, come back and talk about it for yeah, like a first... Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, are you up for it, like, this weekend, or... Uh, probably not this weekend, but uh, at some point, maybe. We should. I mean, we yeah. should, seriously, because the thing is, is, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, you were just telling me during the break while I was making you some coffee-flavored coffee that um, Stephen King has the rights to some of his stories, and he's... He's, he's bought them back. He bought them back, right. and he's allowing... Um, he's allowing directors to remake some of his films so long as indie, they indie directors, not it, big, not big studio independent directors, because yeah. that's what mm-hmm. that's what that's what they need. They need somebody who is not like dictated by the studio. You're going to make this movie, but it has to be more family friendly. Not beholden to the Weinstein brothers or whoever those guys are that right. fund those and make it have to have to make everything into an action movie and whatever will sell the most tickets. Right. right. It's not should not be the point of cinema. No, how many tickets you sell? But unfortunately, it is a lot of times. Yeah, and I think that there's a, a very large point under the part of that is we can blame Steven Spielberg and George Lucas for that. For you know, every one of their films had to be a blockbuster. Well, and if it wasn't, yeah, that's that's kind of the way it turned into. I don't think that was their necessarily their original. Not originally, intent, no. But it tur- it morphed into that. Success breeds success, I guess, and. It's always more, 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 you know, whatever that amounts to, I don't know. But it certainly doesn't amount to necessarily creating better, more. Um, better movies, as it were. Yeah, just more informative movies. More, right. You know, something that goes beyond just pure entertainment, that has some kind of message attached to it for them. For the human race, yeah, whether, they, whether they want it or not. Because, I mean, the original Star Wars movie had so much behind it besides just a, it was a space adventure about a dysfunctional family. Right. And a lot of things. It, had, it was talking about the Vietnam War and Watergate and technology running amok, fascism. Yeah, all those you things know. were wrapped in there. Yeah. That was Lucas's intention, I think. Right. But then it, it got out of control oh, yeah. and turned into a... It turned into something that he, I don't think he originally intended it to be. No. With, with the little plastic figures being sold and stuff like that. No. For me, I think that if there's one Stephen King book that should be remade into a movie, um, I think The Stand is one of those. Because uh, I actually... I would agree with that. I, I mean, I liked the miniseries for what it was, but it wasn't It wasn't Stephen King. It wasn't grotesque and brutal well, enough. Well, TV is limited. It, it's limited in, in what it can do with how it handles something, you know. Um, everything has to be sanitized for TV. And, and Stephen King, that's not his, his deal. No. He doesn't sanitize stuff. He, it's, it's harshly realistic. Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of his characterization and the story. And that all stuff gets wiped away to, to try to make it fit the TV format. Yeah. Which is why those things should, his stuff should never be made for TV, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Unless maybe, uh, you know, like Netflix or or one of those, right? You know, they did a half decent job with. Uh, I think it was either Netflix or Amazon did the, uh, the Kennedy eleven. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Eleven twenty three sixty three. Yeah. Um, they did a fairly okay job with that, but right. it wasn't great, great, but it was decent. It was watchable. Right. 
Right. But I think that, I mean, I mean, hey, listen, for my money, the thing is that it's like, I mean, I need to see something that um, is more faithful to the book. Something that yeah. is like... And, and, and I'm hoping that this new movie is going to, this new It movie will be. Yeah. I, I, I actually watched the old TV version of it not too long right. ago, just because I saw it a long time ago when it was first on. It, it really was not good. Right. It was really hokey. Another First of all, I had John, John Boy Walton was one of the main characters. That was a bad choice of actors, for one thing. I mean, I don't have yeah. anything against him, necessarily. He was, he was good on the Waltons, I guess. But he was but, not good I mean, for that role. No, no, he didn't fit the role at all. No. I, get, I guess they picked him because he was known. Yeah. He was people, they thought he would maybe attract part of the audience. Name recognition. I guess. I that's exactly, that's a good choice. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to actually see somebody with a, with a pair of brass... Uh, brass ones that will actually do a decent version of Salem's Lot. Well, that too, that too. Yeah, that needs to be redone. Yeah, that's a that was a great book. Yeah, I don't know if you read the book originally, but great book. His first, um, I don't know, maybe five books are really, really, really good books. Yeah, uh, really, almost. I mean, to me, that the the, um, the Shining is his masterpiece. That's that's his zenith of his work i think yeah and then after that he he really got sort of bloated in some of the stuff he did but he got these huge monstrous books even it is a huge book it's like a doorstop yeah you know and, and i think it could have been cut down a little bit but who's going to tell stephen king that you're not going to tell him I, i'm not going to tell him <laughs> he wouldn't listen anyway but <laughs> who the hell are you right. but uh i think that that's that's a future topic for um for a halloween show that um, a lot of people want to know what are the top five scariest movies according to Walt Schnabel. Yeah, we can talk about that. Absolutely. So um, let's get it, get to our topic du jour, I guess. Synchronicity. Uh, synchronicity. Great album by The Police. I think Absolutely. that's the best best album that. Uh, yeah, I, it's sad that they didn't do any other albums after that. Do you is have, that their last one? Yeah, I think it is. Do do you do you have a favorite song on the Synchronicity album? Um. Not really. really. I don't think I, I, I like the whole album. It's, I, I see it as a, that again, is, to me, is a masterwork. Yeah. I, I can't really even single one thing out. I mean, Sting is the kind of guy that, you know, we're going to talk about this today, but I think that um, Sting was, or, or maybe still is, tapping into some kind of other consciousness to to come up with his his lyrics and his music. And, uh, yeah. He's, he's just one of those kind of guys, I think. Yeah. And I think Stephen King's another one actually yeah. to, is able to do that. Um, I'm I'm reading uh, just started uh, Grant Cameron's book about um, the intuitive nature of creativity. Yes, uh, it's really good. It's just really to, good. I'd love to get once I finish and we get down the road a little bit. I'd like to get him back here to talk about it if he would be so kind i think that i also have to interject here is that the the actual topic is not the album by the police synchronicity but the the theme of synchronicity as a whole is the actual topic well yeah i I hope people and what that actually i hope people like understand that we're not going to talk about that whole album i mean i could i could yeah but 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 there there are some things where it's like there's there's these sort of like these happy coincidences that are sort of like it just seems like everything is somehow engineered in such a way that it's like you had said when you came in the door this morning. It's like the universe is trying to tell you, hey, here I am, without actually saying. Yeah, it's like tapping you on the shoulder. Exactly. And saying, uh, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm yeah. here. Yeah. 
Just, and, just to let you know, just in case you got too uh, embroiled in the material world, right? There's a little something else out here. Yeah, yeah. There's something other to. than you. I mean, like a fine <clears throat> example, and 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 um, I wanted to touch upon this. Like the thing is, is, like there would not be a metaphysical connection if it wasn't for the string of events that brought me here. If I didn't get, if I didn't get that job where I met my wife. If my wife didn't get married, if my wife and her family didn't have a cabin in the woods just down the road from here and she loved this town, if we didn't buy this house and if we didn't have kids when we did, we wouldn't have met at the at the perfect time to say, hey, let's do a podcast. There were a lot of these little events that led you Mm -hmm. and I together to be here today. Right. And you have to recognize that. Yeah. As a a sequence or. Right. A series of synchronicities, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're like, I wonder if that was anything. Yeah. And then sometimes they're big. Yeah. Um, So let's talk about the origin, I guess, of synchronicity. Um, Carl Jung. Yes. The Swiss psychologist is is the guy that actually coined the term synchronicity he wrote and he he wrote this incredible book about synchronicity Mm -hmm. which is it's like it's one of the must read books in the realm of the paranormal that will not keep you up all night that it'll sort of like make it'll give you enough to believe that there is this higher consciousness right whether you know and, and it's it, it whatever it is that you want to believe in you know whether it's like it's blessings from jesus or god or whatever if you want to believe that it's it's the universe or gaia or or, or what, whatever you can just so easily plug it in to mm-hmm. your 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 favorite deity and say yeah, it's whatever works for you whatever yeah. whatever helps you access that higher yeah level but it does seem to th- that there is a higher consciousness that is like working behind the scenes to put things together for you to hook up with other people to get things done as it were. Right. If you pay attention, excuse me, pay attention to that. Yes. So let, let's, I guess we good place to start would be uh, Jung's definition. Oh, yes. Synchronicity. He coined the term. I mean, he didn't obviously create the idea. He just recognized it. Yeah. So um, his, his definition, and, and he changed this multiple times, I think as his work evolved, but one, one of the final ones, I think, is that synchronicity is the coming together, together of inner and outer events in a way that cannot be explained by cause and effect, and that is meaningful to the observer. So if you think about that, that, that really sums it up, kind of. You know, it's not, um, it's not something that can be explained by just pure cause and effect. Yeah. It's not... Um, something that just one thing led to another right it's sort of seemingly things that are connect things that are seemingly not connected right in some way um i think is the best way for that's the way i understand it anyway like perfect example is a couple of weeks ago my wife and i were on our way out to, to go um take the, the take the kids to the beach and the thing is, we were supposed to leave at a specific time. So we'd get there at a decent hour mm-hmm. and spend more time on the beach. Right. And there was this before th- the sun goes down. Before the sun goes down, obviously. And the, and the thing is, is that there were these just little tiny things that just pushed back our time that we wanted to leave by just like a couple of, a couple of minutes, a minute here and a minute there. So we left just a little late, not a lot late, 
And then we're driving down the highway and then there's this horrible accident. <laughs> there's a horrible accident. And there's a part of you that thinks if I left a couple of minutes earlier, I could have been in that that's accident. True. No, that's absolutely true. How many times yeah. does that happen? Yeah. I mean, you have to kind of look at things that way. Um, I, I, I want to share with the audience, I guess, probably my biggest lifetime synchronicity. And this I know, is huge. I, yeah, this I, is I know huge. I've talked to you about this, but um, in, in my earlier days, I, I was coming off of a, a relatively painful divorce. And so I was, I was kind of in a mode of kind of partying and, you know, enjoying the, the fruits of whatever was out there for me to you know, kind of flitting from flower to flower, I guess, like a Walt was trying like to a, sow his like wild Like a drunken oats. hummingbird. Um, <clears throat> so one of, one of my colleagues said, um, hey, are you, you know, are you connected to anybody or are you, are you in a relationship? And I said, no, nah, not really. I'm seeing some different people, but nothing really meaningful or serious. So she said, well, I have a friend that recently got divorced and uh, I think, you know, you two would hit it off like a matchmaking kind of thing. So we right. went out on a blind date with her and her husband and it was, it was a nice time. We, you know, we enjoyed, sure. we went to a, sure. to a restaurant and had a nice dinner and stuff. Um, I didn't foresee it as necessarily progressing right. you know, to into like a full blown relationship necessarily yeah. just because yeah. I wasn't, had nothing to do with her. It was just cause I wasn't really in that kind of a place yet. Right. So um, we went out numerous times, maybe, you know, four or five times and it was good. It was, it was enjoyable. We were having a good time and, and so her birthday rolled around, and, and I figured, well, you know, I'll get her something nice for her birthday, whatever. So I happened to be in the bookstore, which is a place I tend to frequent, and um, there was a rack of new arrivals, as they usually have in a bookstore. And one of the books kind of jumped off the rack at me, you know, just kind of like one of those moments where, where the camera makes the book come right at your face, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it was, it was a book called Blue Highways by William Heat Moon. Uh, so I looked at it and I liked the cover. The cover was cool. And it was William Leesteep Moon, who had a Native American sounding name, which, yep. you know, I have, a, I have an affinity for that. So I yep. picked it up. I looked at it. And it turns out it was this book by this guy who's a Native American college professor, English professor, writing instructor. <clears throat> and he decided he went through a divorce, which was a, a little bit of a synchronicity right there with my situation. And um, he decided to bag it all and go take a tour of the United States and, and write a book. And what he did was he looked at a map and he realized that all of the blue roads on the map were like back roads out of the yeah. places that he wanted to, to check out. Blue roads? Aren't it's, those rivers? No. Okay. So. I'm just sorry. I'm <laughs> anyway, so Blue Highways is the name of the book. Right. And that's that's where, where that's derived from. So he went from place to place and, and it, it just so happens that... He um, went to places that had some kind of a some kind of a controversy attached to them in some way. So anyway, I give I give this lady my book or her book now that I bought for her, and a couple of days went by, and I get a call around midnight, you know, which is who knows what that could be, you know, and it's her, and she says, "What are the chances of you buying a book that I'm in?" Wow, and I said, mm, "Very very slim." Yes. And she said, well, you did. And it turns out that this guy, William Leestape Moon, had been to the town that she lived in, Greenwich, New Jersey, and there was a controversy about a, the power company buying up old houses there and wanting to put a, put a generating station there on the water. Like a nuclear power plant or uh, a hydro power plant? Some kind of a power plant. Right. Using the water. 
Um, and the, the townspeople banded together and stopped it from happening. And so this guy stopped in the town and he happened to go into the store where she worked and had a conversation with her about it. And she directed him to somebody that would you know, be able to tell him more about it. And he put her in the book. She impressed him in some way. Mm-hmm. I, I always wondered exactly how she impressed him, but... She didn't. She never went into much. Well, she's detail. a little sweetheart, though. Well, she never went into much detail about the actuality of it. Right. I, I left that as nebulous. So, <laughs> anyway, so I thought to myself, well, gee, that's something. <laughs> that is. That's, it really is. And, and maybe I ought to like listen to who or whatever is telling listen me. Listen to the universe. To, to um, pay more attention to to this relationship, and, and I did, and and the, the thing you know blossomed into right. a, a marriage and. So almost thirty years later, now we're we're still yeah, and and she's been, you know, she she wouldn't if I had sort of envisioned what my next mate was going to be, she she would not have been the type of female that I probably would have chosen. But I ended up probably would have ended up choosing the same kind of female that I got divorced from. So. Right, you would have made the same mistake again. Yeah, I would have yeah. married the same person in a different right. body because I was just I was dating people exactly like the person I had divorced. Yeah. Funny how that so, works out. Yeah, so it was it was a funny synchronicity, but I always thought that that really was a life changing event. For yeah, me, you know, and my life has has gone well because of that. I think. Yeah. So there you go. There's my big one. I have a lot of other ones too. Yeah, connected to her, but of of a more minor minor nature. But yeah, I mean, it's it's just so like just in just doing the show and talking to so many other people about mm-hmm. this topic. Mm-hmm. And it's it's funny how, uh, you know, perfect example, John Pica and I have um, similarities with with our relationship with our dads and, and sort of like the kind of lives that our, their, our their dads lived and sort of like that sort of like, you know, that's sort of like they they they, they rhyme. They're not exactly the same, but mm-hmm. they, but they're very similar. Right. And the thing they're is, in is phase. That, right. And there's so many people out there who have stories similar to mine. That mm-hmm. are kind of like the, you know, and the thing is, is that how is it that he's in Memphis and I'm here in New Hampshire and we have so many things that are similar and and then um, in, t- in talking to other people who say, you know, it's funny how it's like I was talking to somebody who says, yeah, it's like I'm really into the paranormal and stuff like that. And and it was just like I've always like but it's like I'm I, I'm. I keep looking for a podcast that I can listen to that has talks about these kind of things. And it's like, and I show them like our card and they're like, Oh wow, no shit. No kidding. No, whatever. And it was those, those sort of things where it's, um, getting back to like the relationship that I have with my wife, my wife and I had so many similarities. Like the thing is, is that, um, so many, like our, like our music collection, Mm-hmm. she and i had so many cds that were almost i mean her record collection and my record collection do you remember when they were called records <laughs> I, I do yeah I do. That's, albums that's dating us <laughs> right, it's pre-cd yeah so i mean she had i mean and even today i still call it like a like a collection i still call them albums yeah so the thing is is it which are coming back into vogue by the way yeah I don't understand that, but that's well, a, that's a different it's, it's topic. The sound, it's the sound. The sound is much purer. You think so? I do. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, but the thing is, is that um, there were so many CDs that I had that she always wanted to get, and there were so many CDs that she had that I was always interested in, but I never bothered to get. And over the course of the time, it's like we have 
merged our music taste together. And it was, how does that work out? How do these two people who meet, I mean, is it just, is it a generational thing? Is it a coincidence or just people who are similar, have similar interests are just drawn well, to each how, other? how relationships get going. You have similar connections. Yeah. Know, whatever they are, whether they're social or yeah. whatever. And that's, you know, that's the way it is. But, but things that um, are, are difficult to explain. Yeah. Um, I think you have to pay attention to that. And, and that's, you know, that, the CD collection is one thing, but um, there's probably a lot of other similarities that right. you had that, you know, who, what are the chances of, you know, you just randomly meeting somebody that likes to camp or likes to right. hike or, or even likes the outdoors? You know? Well, her family. I mean, at least 50% of the people out there probably would say, well, no, I don't want to go camping. But the know? thing is, is that um, her family used to stop and eat at a restaurant that was out of the way, but it was famous for its great Italian food, where I used to work. Hmm. And I may have walked by her a couple of times when I was doing my job at this restaurant where I used to work and her family used to eat. And the thing is that it was like, but she's from New Jersey and I'm from Vermont. Right. And then a couple of years later, we're working together at the same establishment the same company right, right yeah i mean how do you figure out stuff like that you know, yeah it's just it's just weird yeah you know um another thing that happened to me recently uh, i don't want to go too heavily into personal stuff but um i i had seen um a guy named freddie silva yes on um on gaia he did a couple shows on on gaia and i i found out that he lived in portland which is where I have a condo and where my son lives. Mm -hmm. uh, my son actually just re recently bought a condo in like last March, I guess, or something. Um, so I'm trying to figure out how to get a hold of this guy to to get him maybe to do a show or do a segment on the show anyway. And I, I wasn't really able to connect with him and, and I wasn't getting inf information anyway to, to know how to get a hold of him. So my son emails me and he says hey somebody just bought a condo in my complex it sounds like a pretty cool guy he's got books on um crop circles and you know ancient ruins and things like that and so he emailed me some of the guys titles of the guy's books and down at the bottom of the page it says freddie silva <laughs> so i'm like really uh, yeah <laughs> wow that's yeah. pretty amazing so I actually did connect with him. I saw while I was over at my son's place getting some stuff done, and I connected with him right after he moved in. And he's going to do a show with us. Um, he's busy right now, but maybe in sure. November. Yeah. So that was a pretty cool synchronicity. That is that is that is really awesome. Yeah. So those are the kind of things you have to kind of notice that. Yeah. You know, like how'd that happen? It just did. But it's it's just something I think if you're open to that, it, it's something that is is something sending you a message. Yeah, and, and what is that something? I, yeah, I, it's a lot of different possibilities, but yeah. Um, so, so what do you think's going on with this, Eric? Well, you know, we've we've made the point on synchronicities pretty clear. I think what they are, right? What do you, what do you think's happening with this? 
Well, I mean, the thing is, so many people want to be able to say, well, that, that's just a coincidence or, or whatever. And there are probably people who are interacting with us on the periphery as well that have nothing to do with what we're into or what we're interested in and whatnot. Right, right. And we're only we, we only notice the ones that sync with what it is. And I'm, I'm not I'm not really entirely sure. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think anybody is right. Anything, even Jung, I don't think was totally sure. But, but I mean, I, I I do look back at in at events in my life. Whereas, how did that? How how did that happen? How could that have happened? Mm-hmm. If I worked my butt off, I couldn't make the same connections as I as I have through right. synchronicity. Right. I, in the right place at the right time, this person had a job that needed to get done, but didn't know how to find somebody to do this job. I had the skill sets, but I was looking for a job, and I met somebody who said, "Geez, I wow, I I I really need somebody who knows how to make a logo and a web page. Do you know anybody?" Well, yeah, me. And it was like it's like it's it's odd how those sort of things mm-hmm. happen, and it's like there's at some point there are just so many con- coincidences and 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 happenstances and perfect timing that it was just like you have to sort of accept the fact that there is some sort of higher power involved mm-hmm. and is putting all of these things together for you in such a way. It's, it's really the only way to account for it, yeah. I, I think. You know, um, We referenced Aaron uh, Murakami. Mm-hmm. Mur- Murakami, I guess it is. He's, he's, a, um, he's an inventor. We talked about him in the previous segment. Um, and he's done a lot of work with synchronicity. Now he's a he's an inventor, so he's kind of a scientist kind of yeah, guy. You know, yeah. he's a he's a he's a um, practical thinker, mm-hmm. but he also understands the concept of synchronicity. And I think he's attempted to explain how it works. Now you're gonna you're gonna post his. He's got a short pamphlet that yes. you can get online. Yes. He's kind enough to put it online for free. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so. He's got a diagram that I that I referenced in the previous segment that sort of explains how this stuff works, and I, I tried to bring that in with with Jim's situation with his new house and hooking up with a guy that was just yeah. happened to be there when yeah. he, when yeah. he looked at the house. Um, <clears throat> so he he claims or says or has identified the fact that the more you buy into this concept. Um, the more these kinds of things are going to happen to you. And he claims that, you know, since he's been working with these kinds of things, that more and more of these things have been happening to him. Um, like he, he gave an example of, he, 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 owned, he owned a health food store at some point. Yep. And a friend of his was working on trying to create an organic and healthy menu for, for, for a school system. Mm-hmm. So he went to a, he went to a conference with um, with this guy, he's a friend of his, on, on health on well on, on health food supplements and things like that, which was kind of loosely connected to that whole thing. And he stopped off at a guy's house. He was staying overnight with a friend of his, to, you know, the, the night before the conference. So they get to this guy's house, and this this friend of his, who's trying to come up with this organic, healthy menu for school systems, is thinking that he's going to have to kind of create this from scratch yeah you know reinvent the wheel sort of and so he gets to this guy's house and this guy's wife is a dietitian coincidentally mm-hmm. and and um she had just developed a, a healthy menu had just laid it out for for school systems so 
so there it was. You know, so he said and stuff like that happens all the time to him because he sort of has has a channel opened yeah. up to, to that kind of thing. Yes. You know, and I think that's really what it comes down to. Right. Um, some people call it a download. I know I know Grant Cameron talked about it. You download. keep yeah, and you've talked about the downloads, especially yeah, and, with people like Jim Morrison and yes, Stephen King yes. and a and, lot and of I, I had that experience that myself. When I was working on my book, I was stuck on the ending. I just I just couldn't come up with an ending that worked for right me, that just tied it you know pulled everything together i had written all these scenes and and got to the point where i had to have some kind of an ending and it was like mm, i don't know this i don't know where to go with this you know so i was sitting in my little writing loft one day and i got this like it was like a charge of energy almost yeah and there it was full full bore you know, there was the ending yeah i got it you know mm-hmm. it, was, it was like right in front of me yeah so how do you figure that? That's what what else can that be but a message from some other source? Exactly. You know? Yeah. It didn't come from my brain, I don't think. Maybe in some way. Well, did, you know, cuz cuz I, I tend to believe that um I will I will have a, a a creative problem that I'm working on and I I'm not sure exactly how to solve this exact problem or whatnot. And Carol and I will just go for a walk with the dogs we'll, or we'll do something. Um, and after like some rigorous exercise, it'll come to me. There's just something about. Th- but why is that? Think, think about that. Now, analyze that. What you just said. What, what did you do different when you press on something? Like when you have a problem that you just you can't figure out, you can't figure it out. I, you know, are you. The, advice people usually give is walk away from it walk away give, from it give it a give it some space stop and, thinking about it right. stop but thinking what, about it so hard but what are you actually doing you're you're changing your your, your mode viewpoint, your vibration you're changing something like you went for a walk well you changed right. your you changed your your brain waves probably by doing yeah. that which allowed that to come to you to come into your consciousness and i think that's really what it's about or or a lot of it is that the thing is is that your your brain is you need an an infusion like a boost of oxygen and blood and nourishments Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. and sort of just like shut it off of it and there are times when it's like i'm working on a problem i'm working on a creative issue and i will i will be exercising while thinking about it and i will come up with a solution that i would not have caught Mm -hmm. have come up with if i was sitting here some of the some of the greatest image imagery that i've ever created for the fedora chronicles is when i've been working outside when i came up with the idea of redoing the front page Mm -hmm. i did Mm -hmm. while i was working outside moving rocks and putting part of the stone wall back together that's that's one of the things that and i also think i think i think that's a good uh, a good analogy um yeah you know, when you're doing sort of, I, I want to say, I, I don't mean to diminish the activity, but sort of menial things yeah, yeah. that don't require a whole lot of um, intellectual input. Yeah. You know, like when I was um, rehabbing my house, mm-hmm. when I was renovating my house, um, you know, I was doing some stuff, you know, like carpentry kind of things that didn't require a whole lot of right. innovative, yep. creative thought. Yeah. Um, things would come to me like scenes would come to me Mm -hmm. Um, because I wasn't sort of intellectualizing at that point. I think I was open to that. Yeah. And and a lot of the things in my book came to me that way, just like, Oh, there's something. Yeah. And you have to write that down. If you don't write it down, you know, a lot of people call it inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. Some people refer to it as a muse. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's all the same thing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's, it's, it's some source. It's some source that you're tapping into that isn't open all the time. It's like a channel. It's like tuning in a radio. You right. Know, if you get static on the radio, you're driving along, and then yeah. all of a sudden you get a station that... Um, well, people do it digitally now, but you know, back when you used to be able to actually tune a radio, you, yeah. could, you could get it sort of like just about right by just playing with it a little bit. And I think right. that's kind of what, what's yeah. happening. You know? um, so I think that's something that we really need to, um, and I think everybody has that yeah. uh, ability, but it depends on how much you want to access it. Or, right. right. And I think a lot of it is belief, just believing yeah. that. Um, this, this guy, Mirakami, uh, says that, and it's in the pamphlet, so if the listeners want to access that pamphlet, yeah. if they're at all interested in this, I, w- I would recommend that. He, he said that he was, one, one of the things that he did was he was driving from A to B somewhere. It was a long drive, and it was mm-hmm. kind of boring. Yeah. And he decided he was going to try to predict the color of the car that was going to be coming up next. And he just kind of did it, like he'd say in his mind, okay, well, the next car is going to be red. Yeah. And he the next car would be blue. And then he said, okay, the next car is going to be gray. And it was white. So he started thinking, well, I'm not doing very well on this. So he started to try to um, create a, a synchronicity around that to try and help him predict what cars were coming. Yeah, yeah. Did you read that part? I did. It was pretty interesting. So, so he claims that there's actually different selves that exist in, not in the physical realm, but ex- exist in the um, creative unconscious, yeah. which which you're, uh, which um, Jung talked about. Right. So what he did was he he put himself into his future self. So yeah. there's, there's a future self, there's a present self, and there's a past self that all exist yeah. simultaneously in in the collective unconscious. Right. Now, this is getting kind of out there. So you this is pretty going to have to stay with me on this. But right. Same same for you listeners out there. But if you, if you just hang with this, it's it starts to make some sense. So what he did was he projected himself thirty seconds into the future, um, so that he became his future self in. He was tapping into his future self in this collective unconscious, okay. which I think is where all these all this stuff comes from. Supposedly, everything that has ever happened is happening or will happen is is available in, okay. in that space in that dimension okay. or whatever you want to call it. So he he was pro, he was projecting himself into his future self thirty seconds into the future, and um, he was sort of communicating that observation from that self back to his what would then be his past self. Mm-hmm. Um, and once he started doing that he he got about seven or eight out of ten cars right yeah now that also taps into a theory about deja vu like the thing is is that that's uh, another whole thing well, yeah. well but the thing is is that someone had once described deja vu as experiencing a memory from the future like the thing is is that somebody well, yeah like or the, the thing past is, yeah i mean the thing is is that you go to this place where you've never where you've never been before and wow this is like really familiar like i've like i've done this exact thing what is actually happening is that the memory of your future self remembering this specific moment is is somehow firing new like neutrinos yes. backwards yes. or mm-hmm. tachyons yeah. back mm-hmm. so the thing is is that and a lot of times it's a motive it's 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 um 
it's more it's not really cerebral necessarily right it's, it's more um visceral right of, like you can't really think right of of that particular whatever that particular event right. was or is yeah but it but there's a feeling sort of right that you derive like some it. like it, i've been there before like does it does that make any sense like yeah. like oh, the, yeah like totally. when you're like totally. you, when you're at a coffee shop for the very first time mm-hmm. your future self is remembering you at that moment remembering you being at yes, that coffee yes. shop it's it's when you communicate i think anyway it's, right. it's when you communicate with your future self right and you're in, actually in, in some kind of and your future self is actually remembering you saying wow i this is deja vu i feel like i've been through this before because you have and you're right and you're currently experiencing that right yeah i, th- I think that's a good way to look at it that's that's an interesting point. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that, but that's that's very. A true, lot of people have said that there, and the, and the thing is is that um, as we keep digging deeper and deeper into quantum physics, well, yeah, that that's where that that's where it becomes interesting. That's where science is trying to explain mm-hmm. a lot of these things that we call synchronicity or deja vu or or whatever. Whereas perhaps there are there are electrons that are that are traveling backwards into time communicating with our past selves or yeah or some some kind of energy some kind of energy or what i don't i don't know what the actual scientific term would be but it maybe that's what it is i don't know right maybe it's at an atomic level you know i don't know yeah or or a smaller uh, uh, even more microscopic level than that or maybe not even or maybe or i mean and another thing in doing the research and all of this is like looking into like things like string theory whereas particles vibrating at 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 different frequencies i know you love to talk about vibratings on on different frequencies absolutely that's the nature of the universe but the thing is is that what about a string of matter that is able to simultaneously vibrate at two different frequencies simultaneously yeah, I, I don't know. Causing, you know, ca- causing Extreme weirdness, <laughs> ca- causing signals to travel back, you know, like a particle being able to talk to itself from, a, you know, a different place in time or another dimension. Mm-hmm. Well, there's this this guy, um, Claude Swanson, who, you know, maybe we might be able to get him as a guest. I don't know. Um, but his he's got a book called The Synchronized Universe. Yep. Yes. Um, now this guy's a quantum physicist, so he's you sure. know, he's a legitimate credentialed physicist. Right. And and he believes that metaphysics and quantum physics are are merging. Right. So that the two things are now becoming synonymous. So you and I are going to have um, to get degrees in in quantum nah, physics. I don't know about that. That's <laughs> probably not going to happen. But I think I think we have a degree in metaphysics anyway. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I think we're working on that anyway. Yeah. You know? um, so th- this is where this starts to become interesting because he contends that there's there's multiverses there's, there's yes. many parallel universes. I was hoping you'd bring this up and dimensions. Yeah, that in many ways parallel our dimension. Yes, but, but there's places where they sort of merge. Yes, kind of like a Venn diagram almost. Right, where there's a connection between these parallel. Yeah. Um, dimensions, I guess there are. There are places. There are places where the threshold, like the threshold of the membrane between dimensions, is the thinnest, or they is, have is allow and allowing yeah. some connection between right. this dimension, which is really the physical realm, yeah. and whatever the other dimension is. Now, now Tesla talked a lot about this too. 
Yeah. Now, Tesla always said that he downloaded a lot of his inventions and things. That, right. I mean, we've, you know, we've, yeah. we've talked about our, our friend Tesla extensively in past shows. Yep. But what, what's funny is that, <clears throat> funny but curious, is that growing up, he had access. His, his father was, um, he wasn't a Catholic priest. He was some kind of a priest. Like, East, I think the Eastern, what's the Eastern version of Catholicism that, that, um, that would be more like Eastern European? Um, oh, God. See, you had to ask me that I question. had to ask you that, didn't I, Eric? But it, it doesn't matter. That's, you'll think of it later. I'll be working out with the yard, right. in the yard. It's, of it's like the Eastern version of Catholicism. It's, it's right. not it's not Roman Catholic, but it's some version of that. Greek, you're not talking about Greek Orthodox. I guess, that's, I guess okay. that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So his his father was a priest, obviously able to have be married and have children because he sure. had he had Nicola. But uh, so apparently, and we talked about this in the Tesla show, is that he had access to books that the Vatican has that they don't they don't want people to know. Yeah. Of. Yeah. And and I guess. I, th- I think his father took him to the Vatican. He read some of these books when he was a teenager, I guess. Yeah. And he also had access to Hindu teachings, ancient yeah. Hindu teachings. Yeah. And so he developed this idea that there's there's a way to access other dimensional. Um, other versions existences. of yourself in other yes. dimensions. And, and he apparently was able to um, download things from some other consciousness. Yeah. And it had a lot to do with how he viewed energy and, and his different theories yeah. on things. Um, so there's an, there's an example of somebody who somehow developed the ability to tap into these other, other dimensions. Now, I had read somewhere mm-hmm. in aspects of my therapy mm-hmm. um, that there are, you actually have two different types of dream states. There's the dream state where your brain is just going for a ride. It's it's going through old memories, deciding it's what kind to of, keep. Kind of releasing the sludge in your right in your filter. Right. Okay. And the th- and in this dream state, your your mind is just going on this on this journey. It's all random. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't have any. And then there's the other dream state, the higher dream state, mm-hmm. where you are actually trading places with. Uh, your other versions of yourself mm-hmm. in other dimensions right. or other timelines as it were and the thing is is that those are the ones that really sort of upset people the most because the thing is is that they are the they are the more vivid ones and that you and that you come back from these dreams whereas like have you ever had a dream where it's like you think it's like you have like the next morning you have to sort of reacclimate yourself to the fact that this is this is the actual reality and the dream that you had was just it was just a quote dream have you ever had that experience yeah yeah, yeah. and it was just like um and and some of them like have reoccurring themes to them or they have they're they're part of a greater narrative that you mm-hmm. that you don't realize like the, the like my dad had these these traveling dreams where it's like like he like he's going from place point a to point b in a dream Mm -hmm. and then he'll not have that that sort of like that theme dream and then like another week he'll have where he goes from c to like from from b to c and then c to d whereas it's like he's actually going from one one place to another over a long course of time right and there are times where it's like, I mean, there are, there's these issues and conflicts that are occurring here in 
where we're recording this, but it's like with a different sort of set of circumstances. Whereas, like, what what if what if the what if the what if the Nazi Empire and the Imperial Japanese Empire were fighting against each other for possession of North America, meaning Canada, United States, mm. Mexico? What kind of situation would that be like here in the United States, where there's been massive nuclear and biological and chemical warfare? What kind of society would we have here in New England? There is, and I seem to sort of revisit that reality mm-hmm. on many different occasions. And I seem to re, I, and I keep encountering people that I have never met here that I know of in the here and now again and again in, in these dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, is that is, is it just that my imagination is, is just having fun with itself when I'm sleeping or am I actually connecting with a version of myself in in, a, in an alternate dimension or timeline? Yeah, or I, I think that's more likely what it is. Going back to that diagram. Which, which one is more likely? Well, uh, that you're connecting with an alternative version of yourself. Yeah. In, in some of, now, now Tesla, Tesla said that, you know, this is the first dimension, the physical yeah. realm. The second dimension is a parallel dimension to, to this. Yeah. Very, very similar. About 90% similar. Mm-hmm. However... That ten percent, or if it's ninety or ninety-five, that five percent is is the details are different. It's mm-hmm. very similar, but there's different details. Right. So I I think you know your dream state that particular that particular type of dream state that you're that you're talking about is your subconscious getting into that one of those other dimensions. Yeah. Maybe it's the second dimension, or maybe it's even a different one. He he identified nine or ten different dimensions. Yeah. That. that that exist simultaneously in, in this um, greater sense of right. the collective unconscious. So all, all of those things are out there existing and, and there's no really, there's no time necessarily. There's no really sense of time. It's just, um, it's just all existing at one, yeah. in one point, you know, one point of whatever your point of reference is, I guess. And it's and and it's, it's uh, when you share it with some people, there are some people who are like, oh, my God, yes, I have had the same experience. And there are the other people who they look at you like you're freaking crazy. Well, like, they, they, they don't have point of reference for that. Right. We'll just say. You know, and they're then not, they're not there yet. And then no. there are some people who were able to con- connect with the fact that, yes, that is a phenomenon that I have experienced. And there are other people who don't have the ability to do that higher dream state. Not, whereas they cross they're, into they're, this they're, other dimension. They're not, they're not, as I always say, they're not vibrating in the right, right. frequency. Uh, that's, the, that's kind of the way I've come to position everything is that it's all a question of vibration. Right. And these are, and, and the people who are not able to cross over into this higher dream state, they're very regimented people. There are mm. people who are, I don't want to use the word, you know, conservative because it has a political connotation. Yeah. But the thing is that everything has to fit into a specific box. Right. Everything has to be just they, they so. They can't release themselves. Right. To, to, to access something. Like yeah. That. Yeah. Which generally means that those people are generally not real creative people. Yes. That's also. I, a, I think creative people are able to do that. Yeah. A little. Or they're creative people freely. because they are able to cross over into those other realms. Well, either way, you can look at, I just saw a hummingbird out there on your yeah. flower. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, 
But I uh, think probably it probably a synchronicity of some kind. I think the thing is, is that the, and it also has a lot to do with the kind of environment that you create. Like you create a specific environment that like, my wife has worked very hard to create a sort of natural preserve here. Mm-hmm. You know, here in, and, and in, done a beautiful job. Yeah, she has. Mm-hmm. She has. That's that's the uh, uh, where the concept of feng shui comes in. I think is, yeah. is creating an environment that um, is conducive to a certain type mm-hmm. of creating a certain type of vibration. Oh. Yeah, in in your house and also outside your house. Mm-hmm. I think you know. So yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting uh, concept. Um, so. We we want I know we wanted to talk a little bit about the Mandela effect. Yeah, I think which, I think that which sort I think ties into this. It's it's a very weird phenomenon. And when I first heard about it, I thought, mm, I don't know, that's pretty odd. Um, it it's named for Nelson Mandela. Yes, uh, the the guy from South Africa that was. Um, I guess he was a tribal leader, or he was yeah, he was yeah, and and, and, and uh, he was in prison for you know protesting against apartheid yeah and some people thought uh, he died in 2013 i think a lot of people no i think he actually yeah no, he, he actually died. yeah yeah but a lot of people who seem to think that there was a big huge funeral for nelson mandela back in what 1980 or something no uh, yeah much earlier i don't much know the earlier exact date but yeah it was in the and, 80s and people I actually have i thought he was dead right you know? people actually had memories of seeing his funeral on mm-hmm. on television right and you know and i'm not saying i'm one of those people but i understand because i there are times when like i re, i specifically remember um book covers um cover art for books that now i, I can't seem to find anywhere i could have sworn well, whole, that there was there's a whole bunch of these kind of things yeah that are um that are you know, and you have to ask yourself: Well, are are people just misremembering what what the actuality? But how is? is it that so many people misremember the same thing? Well, that's the thing. How do you how do you account for that? I I don't. Even George, even your boy George Bush, um, thought Mandela was dead. Yeah, he said it in one of his speeches before he was actually dead. Right. Um, I mean, that could that could just be his brain damage. No, no, another <clears throat> fine example. A lot of people seem to remember that Curious George had a tail right and he doesn't i could have sworn he had a tail i, I, I know but or you know to play the dev, devil's devil's advocate is it just that it's because he's a monkey and you automatically assume that he would have a tail right or or is it that you know on some plane he does have a tail right you know and and somehow that's you've gotten access to that right um, there's a whole bunch of different ones where there, some involving star wars yeah. Do you know the one about Star Wars? Yeah, like the people insist that there were other books besides Splinter of the Mind's Eye that were more misadventures of Luke Skywalker. Well, no, there's one even more basic than that. Um, people believe that when Darth Vader revealed that he was Luke's father, yeah. he said, Luke, I am your father. Yeah. Is, is that the way you would remember No, it? it's no, I am your father. Okay, well, a lot of people think that it's Luke, I am your father. It's the line, the actual line. Right. And some people remember C-3PO as having, being all gold. And, and some people remember him as having one silver leg. Yeah. So there's another one. Right. Um, there's a whole bunch of 
odd things like that. Yeah. You know? Um, so is it a question of um, two parallel universes that maybe that second dimension right. that Tesla talked about where everything is almost exactly the same but not quite the same? Yeah, exactly. Um, there's also a merging somehow. There's also a conspiracy. Or people th- tapping into that. Somehow. There's also a conspiracy th- theory that people are thinking that the government is trying to gaslight us into believing that one thing is true when the in, in well, fact yeah, with these little subtle things. Yeah. So the thing is, is that wait a minute. Now, if I misremember Curious George having a tail, then maybe I'm misremembering the whole thing about the, the Constitution and what the First Amendment says, or something like mm-hmm. that. You know. And it's like, or or are there are some of these things actually changing? That's that's another that's yeah. another way to look at it. Another one is the Ber- Berenstain Bears versus yeah. the Berenstein Bears. Some yeah, people exactly. remember that being. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of always remember Berenstain, but um, and I, I I think that's what the accepted one is. But right. some people remember it as Berenstein. Now, is that just your mind filling in? Something that you think should right. be there, or right. is it an, is it an actual difference? Yeah, I don't know. Because the thing is, is that there are sometimes where it's like I will look at a word, and and my brain registers that word as being a specific word, and then when it's like I look away and I turn back, my brain registers that word as being another word. Yeah, and and mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that it's like now, is that me and just the way that my brain registers? Patterns is it, and stuff or is like that, that. Your dyslexia is it, is it? Is it? No, seriously. No, I don't know. I, don't I, know I, mean, I mean, the thing is that it was like a, a perfect example two weeks ago. Like the thing is, is like I miss in the banner. I misspelled the word skulls. Right. And the thing is, is that I could have I could have sworn that I corrected that before it was before it ever made it onto mm-hmm. the internet. Yeah, I know it's it's weird. That's like you know in 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 writing a book. You know, you get you get people to edit what you write, and then you go through it, and you know you think that it you've put certain words in there, right? And then somebody else reads it and says, "Well, there's a word missing here," and yeah. your mind fills it in. Yeah. So you don't really there is that. It. I mean, that's an actual there, there, that that's that's an actual kind of physical yeah. thing that's going on. There's a word I cannot pronounce, and it is about the phenomenon. Whereas, is that your brain sees like certain patterns, like perfect example, the tiles on the floor, the stone tile on the floor. If I look at it without my glasses, without having coffee first thing in the morning, mm-hmm. um, I see I see like faces or things that look like um, uh, like like movie poster montages or something like mm-hmm. that. And it was just like when I put my glasses on, not nah, there's there's nothing there. Or it's like when I look at like you look at something and you see a face. Then mm-hmm. when you look back, it's just it's just it's just dirt or it's just a wear pattern in, in, in leather or mm. drywall or something like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of like weird things too. Like the, the portrait of Henry the eighth. Yeah. Um, some people swear that they, in the portrait, they saw him with a Turkey leg. Yes. And a sword. On the other hand, now if you look at the actual portrait, he doesn't have those things. Yeah. You know, so is that just your mind filling in the fact that you think he should be eating a Turkey leg or, or is there some kind of weird change that happened somewhere? Um, the same with, um, what's the book um, that I saw? I lost it now. Is um, it silence? Oh, oh um, inter- is it Interview with a Vampire? 
or is it interview with the vampire? The Anne Rice book and movie. Interview with the vampire. Well, a lot of people think it's interview with a vampire. I would have picked that, actually. Yeah. That was in my mind. Well, is that just what my mind created, or has that been some shift in the... In the, in the continuum. In the reality of it, yeah. Now, there's some thinking, that, and this is, this is kind of trying to maybe offer some kind of an explanation for this whole phenomenon. There's this group in Switzerland called mm-hmm. CERN. Have you, have you heard about them? <laughs> um, now, CERN is, and I don't know where the letters quite come from, but it's a European Organization for Nuclear Research. Yeah. Um, and they have this big quantum computer that they're they're kind of messing with the oh, fabric of reality oh, are you talking about the particle accelerator yeah yeah it's it's all tied together somehow um and and what they're doing is they're some people think that they're actually changing the fabric of reality with this thing so some people are saying that cern is the actual reason behind this mandela effect are the Man- i mean the thing is is like <clears throat> that they're actually changing what we view as reality in some way what do you think about that <sighs> Chew, I'm, t- I'm telling that for. I'm telling you, I, I, I'm telling you. It's like if I close my eyes, I, I, I can actually see Curious George with a tail. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. He doesn't have I mean, one though. I don't know. You look in the book, right? Pick up a book. He doesn't have it. You look at some logos, and you're thinking to yourself, you say, "What happened to that logo?" And it right. turns out that logo was. What about Fruit Loops? How would you spell Fruit Loops? F R O O. T-S. Right. Now, some people spell it like actual fruit. But if you look at the box, it's got the Fruit Loops or the actual O's in fruit. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Is there a hyphen in Kit Kat or not? Yeah, I thought there was. There isn't. I could have sworn there was. No, there isn't. There's a whole bunch of those things. Where I it's know. Like- there's a whole lot of those kinds of weird things. So, is it just like your mind saying, well, you know, there really should be a hyphen in that? Or did at some point you... Did the hyphen get taken out by those guys in, in CERN or those people in CERN? Right. I, I, I don't know. It's an interesting concept, though. So if there is a parallel universe, may, maybe it's, it's merging with this universe. Maybe that's what that yeah. particle accelerating is doing. Fun- some, some people say that they're trying to open a stargate there is what they're doing. And they there's, may be doing been, exactly that. There's been stories I've read about they're seeing demons. Yeah. In this complex that they, they opened up some kind of a channel into, you know, there's other dimensions where there's some things that are not so right. Tesla said the the third and the fourth dimensions were scary places. You know, maybe that's what hell is. I, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, another fine example is that I, and, and the thing is, when we addressed this topic in, a, in an earlier show, um, the battery in our tractor died. Mm-hmm. And the thing is that it was just like. Gee, you know, because how, how do how do I charge this? It's the thing is, and it was like, and I went out and I went to the tractor supply at the bottom of the hill, and it's like I got another battery charger, and my wife was furious with me. Why did Why did you do that when we have the black, the orange, black, and decker one in the shed? And I said, What, what the hell are you talking about? It says we bought a charger, mm-hmm. and you've used it before to charge the tractor. And I said. No, no, we haven't. So she walked to the shed. You she said, got no, that was a Dodge Charger. <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't you know it? In a cardboard box, there was a Black and Decker 
battery charger. Of course there was. I don't remember seeing this ever before. Yeah. And, and the thing is that it was like... Maybe I, that's a Mandela, a minor Mandela effect. You know? Thing, you know? And, Car- and Carol said, what are you, I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, and we've had this thing for almost forever. What, what, what do you mean? You know, it's almost as old as the house or something to that effect. And I'm like, I don't ever remember buying this thing. I don't ever remember seeing this thing. So, so the next logical question is, how, do these, how does this happen? You know, how do these things happen? If, if, in fact, that was sort of a Mandela effect kind of thing there, is, is there some opening or channel between two dimensions where in one dimension you, you bought that? charger yeah and the other, in this current dimension in your thinking anyway there there was no charge have i traded places with myself from an alternate dimension and my wife is living her life with an alternative eric with an alt yeah well that means there's an alternative carol too exactly so, yeah I, I don't know it's hard to say but it's a possibility you know we've talked about these different places around the world i think where there are these natural stargates kind of that are that yeah. openings like the Skinwalker Ranch. Right. You know, where, where they've seen like weird things emerging from this yeah. place. Uh, maybe that's, you know, at some point in time, those things open up for, for, for yeah. various reasons. Yeah. You know, one thing that Claude Swenson again talked about with the synchronized universe is that there's points in time and it has to do with alignment of the planets and the yeah. and the stars and everything, where there's certain energy is stronger. Yeah, it's coming as a result of those alignments, and maybe it's those kinds of things that, like like the recent eclipse. Yeah, there was people um, for the past for the for another eclipse said that they saw like aliens and things. It yeah. was in a town in South Carolina or somewhere that said they well, yeah. well maybe that's what keep, happened. Keep your eye open for, for reptilian. Right, right. Well, maybe there's some kind of, when there's an alignment like that, it changes the energy somehow and, and opens up a channel for those things to come through, whatever they happen to be. And here's the thing. It's like. And that's a possibility. If you're watching the eclipse. And you, and you just have you have your little special glasses and you're looking up at the at the at the eclipse. Mm-hmm. And if there were reptilian people running around, how would you know? Because you're so busy looking at the eclipse. Well, that yeah, you, don't you have see- to have those special glasses that you can see reptilians with. That's yeah. Remember that movie? Oh, they live. They live. Yeah, that, I'm telling you, that movie changed my life. That was a cool movie. Yeah. It got. It didn't get as much. I mean, it had a hokey um, WWF wrestler as the yeah as the main guy, which probably accounted for some of the. That's another movie that that John Carpenter should read. Yeah, that's yeah, really. That yeah. that had a lot of um, intention that didn't get recognized. I think. But I mean, the thing is, is it what if there's no such thing as extraterrestrials and these are just people from alternate dimensions? Well, you know, I was going to get to that, Eric. I, I am starting to think that's that's becoming sort of my new paradigm is that a lot of these um, beings and Grant Cameron has where he's getting to with this is that these are extra dimensional beings. Now they could be they could be um, extraterrestrial, but I think they're coming through dimensionally, not right. traveling huge distances in space, which a lot of people discount being even possible. Right, and it probably is because it would be like thousands and thousands of years from to get one place to another unless sure. you're using a wormhole. Right, but maybe the wormhole is a way to access different dimensions too. Yeah, you know? 
Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe some of these things around Earth are actually wormholes of some kind. I have no idea. We don't know. We don't know. But there's something going on there. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, and I, I think a lot of these things we're talking about, these synchronicities, are downloads from alternate from dimensions. Other, from other dimensions. Yeah. And maybe we have the ability to create like a little minor wormhole kind yeah. of thing. Which opens, you know, um, sort of creates a, a a softening of the of the yeah the hard line between the two, two yeah. dimensions in yeah. some way you know don't know but it's an interesting thought yeah so are, are we uh are we drawing to a close here but, i, I yeah. think i think that we should just open it up to to our listeners and ask mm-hmm. them hey what's your experience with the mandela effect well you know a lot of one thing one of the point i wanted to make was that um again referencing claude swanson swanson he he says that a lot of things that get chalked have been chalked off in the past as magic, or are actually sort of interdimensional occurrences that have gone on. People yeah. who were able to access um, diff, different different types of things. Yeah, you know, and, and that's sort of in in this in a very in a very real sense. That's kind of like what the Jedi were able to do. Yeah, you know, access different types of energy and. Um, energetic forces yeah, and things, yeah. you know. Although that's fiction, it may not actually be. Yeah. Maybe Lucas was downloading something yeah. like that, you know. Um, and and why are these things popular with people? Why do they? Why does like Harry Potter? Why does that resonate with people? Um, I think it appeals to people on some level that they may not even know. That they didn't even realize, right? Yeah. And and the, the concept of magicians and wizards and those kinds of things, they. Yeah. Like in, in um, Game of Thrones and those kinds of shows, why does that resonate with people? Because I think it appeals to something on a, on a much deeper level. Yeah. Maybe a DNA level even that, that we're not aware of consciously yeah. necessarily. Like how somehow George Martin is able to tap into a dimension that these people, that everybody travels into in their higher dream state. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's why that's so popular. Yeah. That's why that show is, you know, gets the audience it does yeah. because it resonates with people or it just might just resonate for another reason that it just does yeah it, you know who knows and and maybe those people would actually like to exist in that or actually do exist in that right in that dimension on some yeah. level you know so. it's like those people who <laughs> there was a there was a time in not too distant past where people insisted that their reincarnated people who had died on the titanic and there are more people who claim to have died on the titanic than actually died on the they titanic actually were on the titanic you know but maybe that's an interdimensional thing you know maybe and some of it's insanity probably but yeah <clears throat> yeah maybe maybe that's really what insanity is is you know somebody that is access accessing another dimension and yeah has no control over it or something you know yeah i, I don't know but yeah it's an interesting Line of thought, anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, why don't we reach out to our listeners and and see if we can get some synchronicities that um, yeah they've experienced, yeah. and we can share either on the on the uh, on the page yeah. on the homepage or yeah uh, on the on the homepage because at the bottom of every show at the bottom of every show page we have a Facebook plugin. And right. the thing is, you right. can comment on the show. Mm-hmm. It's at the way at the bottom of the show notes. Maybe this time I should just put that widget higher, maybe, like above, yeah. and see and see how people react. Change the uh, 
Change the position of the portal, Eric. I think I'll do that. See if I can get a better reception and whatnot. We'd like to hear. I'd like to hear. I I think synchronicities are amazing and interesting and cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I never tire of hearing of things like where where people run into somebody that they, um, you know, they haven't seen for, you know, there was, I was listening to a coast to coast and this, this guy talked to called in and he talked about, um, he had been in, in kindergarten with a kid, kindergarten, first grade, and they were like tight friends, you know? Yeah. And then they ended up going to different schools and, and didn't have any contact for like maybe 30 years. And he had a dream about this kid. Yeah. And, but in the, in the dream, the kid was grown up as an adult, you know, and he was standing out on the street about a month later and had no contact with this guy yeah, at all. Yeah. And, and here comes this guy walking down the street. Yeah. I hadn't seen him in 30 years. He said it just, it just blew him away. Yeah. And, and how do you explain that? I get, yeah. Other than there was some insight into something. I'm going to tell you something right now. Um, we're going to talk about this topic again in the not too distant future. Yeah, I, I'd like to hear some some thoughts from people. And, yeah, so that we know that people have similar experiences. I think some people have a lot of these kinds of things yeah. happen, and some people may only have a few here and there. But yeah, I think the more open you are, and the more you sort of believe in it, the more yeah. frequently they become. Yeah, and the more advantageous they become to yeah. you. Yeah, you know, because usually good things happen from synchronicities. Not always, but usually at least good feeling kind of things happen right um, if not necessarily big life changes which which I sort of had but yeah um, I don't know yep thank you again for another great show yeah Wolf. yeah I hope we hear hear from some listeners I would I'd like to hear some synchronicity stories this has been the metaphysical connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at thefedorachronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes, and other exclusives. Want some Metaphysical Connection swag of your own? Get your own damn Metaphysical Connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship, in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. Find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com. So for Walt, Jim, and Eric, this is Carol Fisk thanking you for listening and signing off. Until next time, keep your chin up and your bra, excuse me, fedora on.
<laughs> That's better. That's a, a, like your demon voice. I like it. <laughs> Getting the band back together, finally. Yeah. I got some crackling in my... That's not my fault. No, my fault. Yeah, I'm tra- I'm turning my volume down a little. Scene Eric, Eric always tries to blame it on somebody else. That's not true. I know, what, I'm just kidding you, Eric. What do all my problems have in common? My, all my problems have one thing in common. Yeah, well, Eric. What is it? Yeah. 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 Why? 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 It's it's so much easier to fix me than fix everybody no, else. That's not easy, Eric. What fixing me? Yeah. It's easier to fix me than fix everybody else. No, I don't know about that. I'm I'm not okay. That's better. We're trying to get our controls synced, synced here, yeah, bud. Fine. I'm good. I, uh... All right. That was good. <laughs>